Hello and welcome to Where Did It All Go Right? I hope you've had a good week and we're back with another episode of the podcast. Um, I'd like to tell you that I can hear the birds singing in my house, but no, all I can hear is this chirruping, which you'll hear in a minute, which I think is probably a sound that you'll recognise. Oh yes, there we go. So not the gorgeous sound of a blackbird. No, it's the battery in our smoke alarm, which we can't get out. So from 11 o'clock last night, the last 24 hours, we've had this annoying unbird song in our house. If anyone knows a good electrician, uh, maybe you can let us know. So I've moved away to, I'm hoping, the furthest point of the house away from the pesky smoke alarm uh, to tell you about uh, the podcast. And if you haven't heard it before, what it is, I'm Ali Jones, and it's really a podcast talking to creative people about the pivotal moments in their career. Maybe you're thinking of uh, heading that way uh, job-wise and you want a bit of advice, or maybe you're just interested. And it, I suppose I'm just interested because I, I got to know quite a few people who have got some really brilliant careers and I wanted to know how they got to do the jobs they love. Was it luck? Was it being in the right place at the right time? Was it just knowing somebody or or was it something else? So some great stories on the podcast already. If you haven't enjoyed them already, you can head uh, to Podbean, Spotify and iTunes and listen to loads of different people talking about being an actor, being a blogger, being a TV presenter, being a broadcaster, all sorts. It's all there waiting for you. So this week's guest is Al Murray. Um, I popped down to the new theatre in Oxford to see him, left the kids with the grandparents in the house, obviously on automatic pilot because I double locked the front door. So when the girls had to leave the house to go to football, they couldn't get out the front door. What a fool. Uh, Anyway, they have discovered that we do have a back door so they could get out. So it was all okay. Anyway, down at the new theatre, Al and I caught up and Al's probably best known for his character, the pub landlord. But he's also a drummer in the band The Fat Cops. He makes documentaries, he presents on the radio, he does loads of stuff. So he'll tell you all about that in his dressing room, which had a fridge that decided to, you know, that humming noise, you know, we've had smoke alarms and now we've got a fridge that has the humming noise. Uh, so that makes a little bit of an appearance um, in the podcast. Enjoy. All sounds good and... Yes. Oh, and the fridge. And the fridge has kicked in. Of course, it has. We'll just ignore that. So it's Al Murray and a fridge. Yes, you you join us backstage with my fridge. <laughs> being, probably... being heckled by a fridge is a good start. <laughs> it, the fridges tend to sort of go for a bit and then they stop. They so do. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're backstage at the new theatre, Al. And thanks so much for talking to me before a gig. Pleasure. Um, and I, I'm interested. You're about a, what a month into this. Tour? Yes, we're about a month in. I think this is our twenty second show. Minus the minus the sort of dozen um, eighteen previews we did where I wrote it, um, so we have gone from blank page to stage, and now we're in the bit where I kind of know the show now. <laughs> Apologies to anyone who came and saw it three weeks ago. I do. Didn't I, know it at all. I know the show now, and it, and and it and we're into that sort of thing where you tweak it and improve it, and and the stuff beds in, and you realise you've got. It's that thing where you realise, oh, actually, that would be better if it was the other way around and all that sort of... All that's happening now, which is rather good fun. So I didn't realise that. It's always a work in progress, really. This is the... Well, this is the thing. When people say... You get asked, do you prefer doing TV or do you do prefer doing stand-up? And the grass is always greener, for a start. So if, if we were making a TV series right now, I'd be wishing I was on the road. Because oh. the thing with making a TV programme is you have to sign off on it. And you have to, you have to say, right, that's as good as that will ever be. Mm. And sign off on the sign off on the edit. Um, um, with a live show, if I if there's a thing I don't think works quite right tonight, I'll tweak it and I'll try it again tomorrow. And 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 you know the 
the, the, they don't apparently they don't paint the fourth railway bridge and then start again apparently that isn't true I thought that was true no apparently that isn't true okay. but it's a bit it's a little like that and when you when you tour a stand up show by the start of the tour by the end of the tour it's it's pretty different to what you were doing at the start but but by all these tiny increments and it never and it and it never ends or at least in my experience. I mean, other people never do things ends. differently. Never ends. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, but the finishing process never ends. In my experience. I mean, other people are different. But. Sure. So when people see you in Edinburgh, they're going to see a completely different show. To well, yeah. And when they see you in Edinburgh, because one of the things in Edinburgh is we don't have an interval. So, so I've got to find a way. Because this, you know, I do two halves, so it ends and then it starts again. So we've got, I've got to find a way of, of recoupling the, the, the bits without, without actually stopping. And that's... That, that's um, trickier than it might mm, sound. Getting the editing almost. Yeah, well, but yeah, kind of, yeah. Which bit do I, is the best way to do that? To drop something? Is the crescendo in the wrong place now? And yeah. Do I put that at the end instead of in the, what's effectively in the middle and all that sort of thing. So, so um, that's a good problem to have though when, I, when I'll have done this show 50 times. So, it, so it's properly wired in my head. Yeah, and so... What, getting it wired in your head and days off because you said you've had a day off yeah. so do you get you get to go home yeah. and do you still have this all buzzing around in your head or do you, no, you, I, are you good I, at switching off I'm really good at switching off and I'm really good at not, not sitting here in my you know it's an hour and a half to go I'm not sat in here looking at my notes or thinking hard about it there'll be things where you go away and think there's a better way of a better way of setting that up it's mainly about how, mainly by now it's about how you make it how you make it flow and how you tell the story rather than what the story is or what the jokes are it's right. it's about it's about the, the slickest way of delivering it because very often you write very often when you sit down to write or in my experience I've sat down to write and you end up with five bits and you think well I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make one follow the other and then the third and then the next follow that how the hell am I gonna do that these are all quite disparate so you have to so you find overarching things or sort of it's a bit like finding a finding a thing to put the eggs in you know like a, <laughs> yeah, an, egg bo- yeah. an egg box yeah. um and i yeah. guess that comes with experience do you, yeah, do you yeah, get yeah. Better, better with that well no i mean I, when you sit down with the with the blank sheet and the first couple you do where you don't know the stuff at all are as they're as hairy as they ever were it's the same really yeah it doesn't change no it doesn't change so when you get to edinburgh that's gonna be quite special for you though because it's quite a pivotal time in your well, Edin- career edinburgh i mean the reason i start i started going back to edinburgh i stopped going in 99 and then I started going again in 2009 and um, and and in sort of varying versions. So I haven't done, but what I've not done is a full run like I did when I was a youngster 20 years ago because I've not got the gas in the tank for that anymore. And I also kind of think the full run, the full month is for youngsters to make a name for themselves. Whereas for me, it's partly nostalgia trip, partly um, you write a show like this and you write a two hour show like this, you want to kind of get a maximum out of that effort so it's yeah. a way of showing it to more people and 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 I just go I go for fun but yeah Edinburgh is an incredibly important place to me I mean it's sort of um it, it's um for stand-up and for when I was coming through in the 90s to be honest it was the I, I it was sort of alpha and omega for me the place it was the the, the the thing that got me started properly the thing that got me that became this really important hot deadline mm. Um, it's a competitive environment, though no one wants to. No one wants to admit to that, or no one wants to admit there might be something good about competition on some level that it's stimulating that sort of thing. Because you know we're all nice people in show business. <laughs> we don't like to admit to being competitive, um, although you know it's red in tooth and claw. And, and so Edinburgh is incredibly important. Yeah. So how does that work? You're a, an up and coming comedian, and yep. you think I want to go to Edinburgh. Yeah. 
how do you I, somebody has got not a clue how well, do you get there well you, you I, I don't tell me drive up well well you go on well what you used to, I mean the thing is is uh, uh, you know I'm such a fossil this is all before the internet this is when you had to make you had to make phone calls on a landline and and, and maybe even fax people <laughs> but um but, but what you I mean what you do now is you you you'll google the Edinburgh Fringe Society and it'll tell you how to it'll tell you how you can do it easy as that easy as that you book a venue um uh, and there's the free fringe where you know you 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 part of the free fringe and, and there isn't a ticket price and people put money in the bucket afterwards or you can do it like I do which is the sort of you know the, the uh, corporate raider style where you where, where I, we book a big venue with fringe program and it uh, advert ticket price everything official at the, at the box office but you the brilliant thing about Edinburgh is if you can get a venue you can you can you're in you're in you can put a show on do you think if you hadn't done that whole experience, do you think you would be where you are now? No, absolutely not. And it, and it all really does go back to when I was at university here in Oxford, I was incredibly lucky because there was a scene and there was a, there was a tradition or a habit. I, you know, what's the difference? <laughs> a habit of taking a show to the fringe and putting it on. And it's called, you know, everyone goes, oh, the, you know, the footlights. No, that's Cambridge. And we used to get sort of chippy about that I mean I'm, none of that nonsense bothers me anymore at all but people used to be very out but the Oxford Review and um, I went up with a thing the year before we did a kids show in 88 I think when my and pals of mine were doing the review itself and we were in a kids show and did a sketch show me and some friends who I'd bullied into doing it and it was like it was you know some people take drugs when they're at university for mind-expanding purposes. Other people read incredible literature or understand the workings of the cosmos. I went to the Edinburgh Fringe and had my, my mind expanded, my mind blown, and it suddenly turned into a thing that you could do, you know, because I like liked showing off at school and acting and performing, but going to Edinburgh and seeing that there was this this thing that you... That, that, I mean, I know, and I know we were at a, a, a posh university, I know we were privileged, I know we had all those advantages, but once you've left there, those those are of, yeah. up to an extent gone. And who you're, cares and you're, where you've been? Well, exactly, and and in stand up, who cares where you've been? You're on your ass. You've got to you've got, or on your feet rather, than you've got to deliver, or you end up on your ass. And <laughs> which is actually what appealed to me about it in the first place, because I'd gone through school and found academic work relatively easy, and yeah. and then got to university and found it incredibly boring. So um, thank goodness for I a want, bit of stand up in the theatre. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Of... I wanted to sort of see, you know, there's there's no exam. Yeah. Which is the thing I love about it. But and still there's no exam. That's why still that blank piece of paper, the first stuff you come up with, the first gig when you're doing something new, is just like it was 30 years ago. But the exam could be the audience, I suppose. Well, the ex- yeah. The, yeah, the audience the, uh, is the exam, the examiner, they're the co-writer, they're the, they can be the subject, they can be the library, they're, they're everything. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, that's what's so much fun about doing this. And uh, But, like I said, grass is greener. I'd rather be making TV program now than... <laughs> Sat in original theatre. <laughs> That's always the way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you say you bullied some of your friends to go up to Edinburgh. Were yeah. you the one who was the sort of driving force behind I, it all then? Because sometimes people say, "Oh, friend." No, most, to most definitely. Um, and <laughs> it was uh, all you. It was yeah, really me. And then another guy who was a brilliant writer who sort of who who didn't bully the others along, but but was but was sort of happy to provide stuff for us all to do. Um, and you know they were they I mean they stopped they stopped doing it but but if it hadn't been for them it's two or three people Paul and Danny and Lisa and uh, and Simon you know this little gang of us yeah. and we did a sketch show ourselves put one on you know put one on in an Oxford in one of the colleges um, you know with an hour hours worth of sketches it was 
it, it just seemed possible you could just do it. But also, it seems possible because you were with a group of friends. Do you think if you'd just been on your own? Oh no, that yeah, that made a huge difference. And I didn't sort of really start doing stuff on my own until until kind of I had to until until it looked like actually I want this is what kind of what I want to pursue and what am I going to do and. Uh, uh, and, and was a particular moment. So I'm not a very good. Uh, uh, what of doing? Of, of thinking. This is actually. I think I could do this for a job. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. When I because it just looked like everyone else was as well. The, the, there was this, like I said, this scene around the Oxford Review, and it looked people were kind of like, yeah, of course that's what I'm going to do, you know. And and the moment someone says that about about something that um, uh, is on the face of it daunting or difficult or unusual. You're not on your own anymore. Yeah. You, you go, yeah, I could do that. Why not? You know, what? Why not? And that, and you know, the world was a softer place, but then you could sign on and and perform under a fake name and all that sort of. All that <gasps> Surely sort of, not. All that sort of stuff. But what about your family? What do they think? Because you know, you've, you've gone to a good school. You've gone to university. Well, I've never had the. We've never had this conversation. We've never had the. I've never sat my parents down and said, "Well, you know." Is it okay? Is it all right? Um, I only ever asked them for money once when I blew up the gearbox in my car and couldn't afford to replace it <laughs> and I needed a car and I needed a car you know to get to gigs but do you think they might have said something though if they weren't too happy about oh they just said they'd have definitely said something although my family are very you know very um uh, uh learn from your own mistakes um uh, <laughs> so if you'd come crawling back through the front door and said can I just stay here for a bit then maybe oh no that would have been cool okay that would have, no they would no, that would have all been fine it's just sort of I think there would have been a, a, are you sure you're doing the right thing moment? But that never really, like I said, it never really happened. And I, and I, I had three years where I was kind of figuring out what, how to do, how to be a stand up and all that sort of thing. And then, and then, and then I had a like a, a really brilliant break of working with Harry Hill. Yeah, I was going to transformed you about that, everything because when you worked with him, because that's your first appearance on telly, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did you ask him or did he ask you? Well, that's a good question. He did, he definitely, he re- sort of recruited me. So, <laughs> so I, I I used to write, first, my first my first writing job was on a thing called Weekending, which is on Radio 4. It's long gone, but it was a satire, a weekly satire programme. And the BBC used to, and they sort of do it now with another show called News Jack, which is kind of an identical idea. There would be, you'd go to the building that's not there anymore where new broadcasting house has been extended to you'd go there and you'd say I'm here for the open meeting open writers meeting on a Wednesday at 11 o'clock and you'd be given a pass and you'd go and sit in the room with the producer whoever it was and it, you know at one point it was Armando Iannucci when he was coming through and people like Joan Magnusson and some and all sorts of people um, and then you'd sit in a not very nice room with a load of broken electric typewriters and you'd pitch and if you got enough commission if you got enough work on the programme, they'd put you on as a commissioned writer. Did you find that quite pressurised though? Because it's like, get in a room, be brilliant. No, not really. Um, it was sort of fun more than anything else and frustrating and all that sort of thing. But it, it felt like it something you absolutely had to do. Is you, you know, and kind of when they commissioned you, it was like they took the stabilisers off the bike. It didn't mean you were very good at riding a bike, but at least you weren't falling off it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry, Harry was, I was one of the commissioned writers with a couple of mates a lot of other people and then Harry was Harry came in and he, we were doing a, it was I mean this is so long ago I mean it's before most of your listeners were born all this <laughs> the world was in black and white oh well, well, yeah pretty much um, uh, uh, Gulf War One you know was, uh, <laughs> just after that um, there was the thing about leaves on the line on um, well that's still now well which is sort of resonant you know yeah. with people 
And Harry had written a story about a big conker rolling down in front of a tunnel and blocking a tunnel, which was like, which is a, it is pure Harry Hill. You can imagine that. Exactly. And also not like anything anyone else was writing. And we hit it off in that. And he said, well, I'm going to Edinburgh and doing a show in Edinburgh. And you're in Edinburgh, aren't you, this year? Because I was doing some of my stand-up. He said, well, why don't we do, why don't you do Silly Voices in my show? And then that mutated into the TV programme. So he so kind of asked you, I Yeah, yeah, no, he did. Yeah, he recruited he recruited <laughs> a bunch of people who sort of ended up in this sort of merry band of people who would mainly sit in the green room and wait to be told that we were on. But um, it was uh, great fun. Fair enough. And do you think a lot of your career has been meeting people and having connections and... I think there's... Yeah, but you've... But, but you, you know, yes, there's a lot of right place, right time, right people. But you've got to be... The right person too to be in the right place, yeah. and your timing has to be right. You know, it's, it, and and uh, Harry and I used to gig a lot together when he was sort of coming through, and he said, I remember him saying to me, "You're a lazy bugger, Alan. You need to get your finger out." And and he was right. And because um, I'd kind of got in one. The other reason I got to stand up is my dad worked for British Rail. He commuted his entire life. I used to when I was home. You. You'd see, I'd see him get up, getting up at half five in the morning, going and coming back at nine o'clock at night. And you're looking at it thinking, God, I don't, I do, why not, would I want to do yeah, that? Why would anyone want to do that? I mean, thanks, Dad, for doing that. It's very sweet of you. <laughs> God bless you. Pay for your car. Yeah, exactly. But, but um, I, I, you know, I think I don't know that I'm even cut out to do that, let alone whether I could, you know, like whether I want to. But you're kind of sort of doing a bit of that. Well, now we're doing that right now. So, you know, I had to do Zoe Ball this morning. So, so it's when, all gone a bit wrong. It has gone into, <laughs> yeah, many, many more miles than my father ever did. It's a bit complete, it's a write-off in that respect. But you're doing what you enjoy, aren't you? Yeah. That's the difference. You know, you get up at silly o'clock when you know that it's good mm. fun and you really yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm really fortunate. That, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the lay of the land in the 90s, if you, were, if you were coming through as a comic, was brilliant because it was lots of work in London that paid well, and there isn't as, the club scene's much smaller than it was when I was coming through. There were sort of 50 clubs in London in the in the heyday. Mm. You'd get time out, there'd be three pages in the comedy section, you'd ring the ring the number on the club, you'd book a slot, you'd, you know, you'd do an open spot, which would turn into a half spot, which would turn into a full spot. In about 18 months, you could get the thing going, and then, and I used to do, I'd do 10 gigs a week. I'd, I'd, you'd double, triple up on a Saturday and a Friday. And, wow. Zip all over London in in a, in in, a, in my car, you know, and there was loads and loads of work. So you could you could you could actually learn how to do it rather than have to be good immediately, which is um, which I, I benefited from enormously. <laughs> so Harry was the, Hill was wrong when he said that you're lazy because well, that, no, 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 it was kind of after working Harry. Okay. I, I so really, he was the one. Yes, that I really applied myself to 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 doing to doing stand up. That I kind of I was kind of enjoying it more then, and then I thought actually no, I need to I need to really knuckle down and. Make a thing of this. Make make a make a proper thing and make a proper yeah. go of it. And um, and you know, and he was right. I mean, what I put in came straight back. It was sort of it was annoying, really, because you think, why didn't I think of that three years ago? <laughs> but, but also, though, there aren't there times though sometimes when you think I've got to write today, and I'm not really feeling up for this. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 I mean, that's always there. I mean, the, uh, the thing is, I mean, I know I know lots of um, drummers. I know lots of musicians, and one of them one of them was a while ago. We were talking about that issue. And he was saying that he really doesn't like the fact that, that, that it's the same, that playing the drums is the same word as like playing. That it's not play. <laughs> You're not, it's not necessarily fun. He's got to sit Sundays, he's got to sit down and do this, and he's really not interested. Attacking the drums? Well, well or whatever, or, or, or working, working, the drums. working them, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and 
because he got into it because he loves it and it's the same it's it can be similar and there are days we you know but some days when you really have to write stuff comes anyway so you think oh well that's all right it's the days when it doesn't come and you really have to and that, that's when you're in trouble mm. do you think that's why for your career you've not just stuck to doing comedy and touring you do all sorts of well no it's as much no i think that's because um i'm essentially uh, a, a dilettante i i um or a, you know um uh i've done a, i mean i've done an awful lot of doing the pub now i've done an awful lot of touring with that and so anything that anything other than that immediately refreshes it and refreshes me and and i'm quite happy quite happy to do something else and yeah. i've got no i've got no hang-ups about that Although I don't do stand-up as me, but other stuff. And then do you find when you come back to the pub landlord refreshed? Well, yes, or, or like hideously rusty, and then you kind of have to reinvent the thing, rebuild, <laughs> rebuild it from, from the bottom up, which, which is sort of... Because this tour, I haven't, been out, I haven't been out for two years, so um, uh, that's been... It's been the first couple of weeks of, re, of writing new stuff, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, like... Can I even write jokes? Do I even know and where, how to do this? Where do you do that? Do you do that at home? That's at home. That's at a desk yeah. with, the, with the machine. With the, you know, and, and just as boring as that. Yeah. And then, as you say, refining it. And then you put it in front of an audience and they rewrite it for you by, not, by laughing at some of it. Fair not enough. Not, not right, laughing at some of the And rest different of audiences laugh at different jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Depending on as well at what part of the country you're in. No, that's not... Uh, that. You see, this is the thing about this year is I thought... Because obviously there's a lot of um, the B word in this show. Really, you surprised uh, yeah, me. Yeah, funny enough. You were, you were ahead of your time, really. Well, well, I, well, you could argue that. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, uh, some grim prophet. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and and so there's quite a lot of that. And so you sort of think, well, you know, what's it going to be like in Grimsby? Mm. And and I get people on Twitter going, "You're going to a place like Portsmouth where they voted Leave, and you're mocking them." And I'm like, well. The town, the city may have voted leave, and this, this, this is you, it's stupid to have to think like this. But you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, so you know, there's plenty to fill the theatre, yeah. and it not and it not all be one kind of person or one people who made one decision. Like, chill out. Right? <laughs> like, I think we need to all chill out about the whole thing. Yeah, well, we? yeah, we probably well, we probably do, or, or, or you know, find it funny because a lot of it's really a lot of it is really hilarious. And um, do you think we'll look back on it? And, and find it. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 trying to get ahead of having to look back and, and laughing at it now because a lot of it, a lot of it is sort of no nowhere else in the world could have done this. Mm-hmm. It's the, all the mad instincts all happening at once and the sort of it's hilarious. I mean, a lot of it I think is some days I sit there and sort of um, uh, howl and slap my thigh <laughs> with, with uh, merriment at the whole thing because I think that's often the your best option. Yeah, sure. Do you find that people, though, still find it quite difficult to separate you from that character? And then when you want to be documentary maker, yeah. do they think, well, I'm sorry, we can't have the, the, this no, guy I do, well, doing no, that? No, I don't think they do. I mean, the, the weirdest thing is the people who you'd think would know it was a character sometimes don't. You go, you know, you go, for, you go to something with, I mean, it's telly people mainly, you go to something with some telly people. And I start talking, and I'm like, "What?" You're like, well, you know, it's a, it's an actor. Don't sound like yeah, that. You're not, you're not being rude to me. It's like, no, I know. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's a put it on. It's, don't worry about it. You know, chill sure. out. And that, that, that I find quite odd. But uh, no, I think, I think, the thing is, if people don't realise it's an actor, I, I tend to find that hilarious. It's like another, it's like another joke mm. on top of the, on top of the jokes. And uh, so I sort of, I, I don't lose any, I don't lose any sleep over it. Um, Although last year we made this programme for the History Channel um, called Why Does Everyone Hate the English? Oh, you incorporated it, yeah. And we incorporated it because, sure. because we wanted to sort of, 
we wanted to use him as a hop-off point, um, saying saying stupid things and or, or misguided things at least, and then and then kind of so that we had our talking points basically. So, but when you don't incorporate him, and when you pitch an idea for mm. some history, you, you, don't, you never have a problem with them. No, 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 no. That's not really happened. I mean, the, the, although you know, it's quite interesting. You know, you're always looking for an angle, aren't you? When you try to get things commissioned, it's, it's not. It's not. It's actually not a bad angle to have. Because um, he's so well known, and he's and you can, the thing I love about it when you're when I'm performing it is if you want to talk about a subject, you can start halfway through the subject. You you don't have to you don't have to amble up to it or you go. Some people think this or some people think that. You can just you can just say it, and then and then pick it apart rather than rather than have to get there and you know all the sort of weary wearisome preamble. If I was doing it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such an art to it that you know. People I may haven't got a clue, but I'm also really interested to talk about how we've, we've talked about that the documentaries and the whole history side of, yeah. of what you do. That came from family, didn't it? Yeah, my dad's really, um, my dad is really, really into into history, and we, you know, that's what will get talked about at Sunday lunch, not um, how Chelsea have done or whatever. We're not, we don't. It's not, there's no sporting culture in my family at all. Yeah, um, I've sort of had to find my own. You know, get into cricket myself. <laughs> um, uh, but but the but the history was the serious stuff and and lots of discussion and lots of books and and um and I very much I very much grew up with that and that 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 means that, that if I'm going to be I, I mean I always imagined I'd end up teaching history I always thought you know well that's the, for performing isn't if, it well yeah but also if the stand-up didn't work I thought well you know minor public school where I don't need a qualification <laughs> <laughs> No, surely not. Well, you know, well, <laughs> there's always a, you've always got to have a fallback position. So you'd be a history teacher. I think probably, yeah. Yeah, because I was because we um, I've been watching this. Is it sixty three up? You know, the, yeah. this, which has been fascinating. These children who were seven talking about what they were going to do, and yeah. a lot of them doing something completely different. Yeah, yeah. So the seven year old you would have been thinking oh, no, about he, being a history teacher. Oh no, he wanted to be an astronaut. Oh really? Yeah. Still time. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, that, that was seven in nineteen seventy five. So you've got the. <laughs> Soyuz Apollo link up and the moon landings have only just happened. Well, I was really into all that. So when did? What about the fourteen-year-old? Did that become less astronaut, more on the stage? I, I think I was. Yeah, I was definitely performing by the time I was fourteen. But I had absolutely no, no idea what I wanted to do, and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I got to university. I had no clue. So you just kind of just kept going through each level yeah. of education. All these things I knew I didn't want to do. Yeah. Well, that's a start. Well, which is which is I think quite quite useful I mean you know like I say that it's the timing the, uh, the 90s was the right time to, yeah. to to do what I wanted to do and the whole load of us you know um, out of that out, you know Richard Herring's a good friend of mine Stuart Lee um, a whole bunch of people and Andy Parsons uh, 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 you know the Cambridge Fridges back the, yeah Fridges back in <laughs> see heckling a, someone from Cambridge there's a whole bunch of you know th- those kind of people too so I don't know so, so um, and also timing you say but you know you've got to have talent you've got to work hard mm. you've got to you've got to love it yeah but also what I love as well you know we talked a bit about documentaries and the history but the fact that you loving still the drumming that you did when you were in the county youth orchestra mm. um and there must be a part of you that just loves having different facets to your well, it, well yeah I mean it, it, I mean actually funny enough having a day off I had a day off yesterday and then so you sort of you kind of cheat that to half of today as well before I had to come here you think right? Well, what do I do? What do? Which one of the things am I going to? What book am I going to read? A book? Am I going to catch up on the telly I ought to watch? Am I going to play some music? And it and it's sort of actually a bit. 
One is one of the problems with being a dilettante, uh, uh, <laughs> or, or you know, having too many irons in the fire. You never know which one. Never quite which one. So you went with the drums yesterday. I did, did some today. drumming, some drumming, some drumming yesterday, and 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 I finished the last proper history book I've been having to read. So I sort of need a, I need five minutes off um, that. And the fat cobs. Yes. That, I mean, that's going really well. Are you quite surprised? Well, that's the the, the, the band is the weirdest thing. Because I played in lots of bands. There's always a complication for me. <laughs> it's based in Scotland. So the, the guys are all, they live in Stirling and Edinburgh and Glasgow. And That uh, was a really bad idea. It was about, well, well, the thing is, is we, it, was about, it was two and a half years ago. And we all got together because I'm travelling. So I was in Scotland often enough to hang out. And one of the other guys had a job here, actually. So... We were, uh, and was working in London, so we'd see quite a lot of each other. The singer, I think we coagulated, I think is the right word. Do you um, meet in Manchester? Yeah, uh, well, no, no, I, generally I, I have to go, you know, because it's just me, I have to go to Scotland. Um, but we, we, we started trading uh, songs on email, demos on email, and we said, I like that one, put a bit in the middle, how about a middle bit, you know, and that was going on. And then we'd meet and demo this stuff, and then... And then had one rehearsal where we played the four songs we'd written. It's like, yeah, that works. Okay, let's make a record. Brilliant. So none of that, because I've been in bands before where, you, where basically, you, you know, you rehearse. Artistic you rehearse, differences. Well, no, you rehearse once a week for six months. You do a gig. And then and you think, right, what are we, God, we're gonna, what do we do now? And you get another gig and it's very hard to get any momentum. It's sort of the other way around. We made a record. So now when we gig it, there's no dispute about how the songs go. <laughs> because <laughs> it's set in stone that's the first thing and and now we're into thinking about what what new what new stuff to do which is sort of, sort of it's exciting well it is exciting but that's torturous because everyone's got very strong opinions yeah. and uh, uh, um, isn't it lovely uh, though that you because you encounter youth orchestra that yeah. you kind of kept that going because a lot of people do music as kids yeah. and then they stop it yeah that you carried it on but that's been a lot to do a lot to do with having been a stand up and that, that my days are just Empty. <laughs> well, can be empty, or yeah, well, that's one way of looking at it. But my days, my times are a lot more. I'm a lot more time flexible. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> well, you sleep. You must sleep in a bit when you've done a late night. Yeah, sometimes. Well. But yeah. yeah, no. But it is that thing. That's yeah. The, 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 yeah, and I've been, and I've really. The thing is, I, I want. I, at one point, I did fancy being a drummer, being a musician, but I knew I wasn't good enough, and so. Because I didn't pursue it, I, I enjoy it, and it's and, and I wouldn't have fallen into the trap we were talking about earlier with my drumming friends who, you know, they got to, they have to play it so they earn a living. Sure. Whereas I do it, if, I'll do it if I want. Yeah. And I can't ever imagine you playing like second violin in an orchestra. There's no. the whole sort of showman thing. Oh, no, it's, it's yeah, a yeah. theme going on. It's, oh, definitely. It, yes. it was either that or brass. It's hitting, I imagine hitting symbols yeah. and waving them about. Yeah. Is J.K. Rowling's husband in this band? Yeah, this is this is correct. Yes, yeah. Neil, Neil Murray. Yeah. What, what a what a combination! So you're on tour and your albums and you're going to do Wembley soon and take on the world. I imagine well, it's not quite happening that, <laughs> happening that that fast. But we are doing we're doing a mini tour in Scotland in the autumn with uh, opening for Happy Mondays, which is going to be oh, fun. Wow! That in was... some quite big rooms, which um, I'm uh, quite phlegmatic about, but um, every the couple of the people in the band are quite. Well, you've done a few big gigs, well, so you're okay. Big, yeah, I've done some big rooms, but 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 I mean, that's what's interesting about this is there's, there's there's two journalists. A guy works in a bank, Neil, who's a doctor, um, and then uh, the song one of the songwriters, a guy called Bobby Hodgins, who was in the Bluebells. So he know, he yeah. he knows his way around all this, 
but everyone else is essentially um, you know what what they call a, a clean skin you know they're, they're, they're um you know the, the the two gigs we've done are the two gigs they've done you know, like, um, uh, <laughs> they're gonna have a shock which is well there's three now actually yeah i do it there you go i've missed out a third of our live experience uh, 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 but, but it's but 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 that's what's really good fun about it is, yeah. is that it's it they're so excited about it like it like we're it's like being 19 again oh it's fabulous yeah. and you know we've talked about so many different parts of your career and of course because we knew each other when we were at five live yeah and was it seven day sunday I can't yes even remember. seven day sunday seven day, or seven day saturday so, depending on what depending right. on what scraps we were thrown by the controllers at <laughs> five five yeah but you've done quite a lot of radio and is that yeah. something else that you really well, love I, doing well i really love doing that show and I find, I mean, what I like about radio, the thing I like about radio is, is it's not, is it's not like this because you, you can't perfect it, mm. right? But it's not like telly where someone will have a DVD of it. It's completely, it, it's gone, it's totally ephemeral, unless you're doing radio dramas or whatever, it's different, but that kind of radio we were doing isn't the kind of thing someone will listen to in an omnibus edition yeah. or, or, and I really, I really love that. I love something about the, you're purely in a moment Flying by the seat of your pants, isn't and it? a lot of and a lot of flying by the seat of your pants, yeah. and and we, you know, although we were, when we started on that, it was in the sort of golden age of compliance after um, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Ross. Ross and Russell Brand yeah. had kind of done a big log in the swimming pool, and um, and it was a funny old time, and you know, there was, I mean, Joe, who was our compliance officer, was lovely, but she'd be be behind the glass going in a hot sweat. Yeah, going, please don't. You know, you'd have someone come in and not really exercise their judgment, and you know, and all that, all that sort of thing. But yeah, I really love radio, and I've, and I've done a bit of radio. I did a bit, a bit of radio too about eighteen months ago. I sat in for, a couple of years ago, you know, where I sat in for Steve Wright, um, and that was I really loved doing that. But that, uh, but that's one of those gigs where you think the, the absolute last thing I should think about is how many people are listening to this because it's like eight million. Yeah. Did you? But you must have had a. Well, you did. Think. Well, you do. The, you, the, the, the mic goes open on the first program, and you're like, "Holy hell!" I can't breathe. Well, no, just sort of, you know, uh, just introduced introduced the first record. Get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the team on that were really brilliant, and they were uh, so so. You know, it, it, also the the thing about all of this, and it's the same with TV show is TV, radio, and stand up is that you're the person sat on top of the rocket. But there's all the people who built the rocket and who are flying the rocket for you and, and mm. making sure you land in the right place. Yeah, so, and that, that's an enormously massive to remember, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's a big team thing. But you've got to stay on that rocket and you've got oh, to yeah. get on that rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for you to get on that rocket, was that uh, getting all those different shows, was that through your agent or is that... Comp- no, that's, that, that's, that's all with that. Yeah, that's the agent, really. Although, the, although the, some of the history TV I've done has been kind of like... One of those things where someone goes, "Why don't we do this?" And then the next thing you know, it's happening, and you're like, "So it's coming up with ideas yeah, 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 that, that yeah, other yeah. people maybe yeah, haven't haven't yeah, thought of." Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So if anyone's sort of listening and they're thinking, oh, "Quite fancy Al Murray's life," <laughs> 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 but I, you know, I, I want to get into stand. I, I thing is, there's so many. There's not ever actually there isn't anybody who would have a career like yours doing. Ten, there's no one, is it, doing documentaries, well, telly, stand-up, drums, a drum company? Well, I think that, yeah, I think the drum, the drumming's, the, the music side is the, the really weird bit. Yeah. And the drum company as well. It's like, because that's, that's, that's as divorced from everything else I've, I've ever done, really, as it possibly could be. Although, actually, um, 
having ideas and editorial and sticking to them and is is like brand like branding. I mean, you know, brand science. I'm not going to call it that, but it's like how you do that, how you organise that, and then and then again, we've we've got twenty people working in the factory now, and it's about that. There's the, the, the like a rock. It's like building the rocket, you know, and. Uh, that, yeah, but that yes, that's quite unusual. So I don't think I don't think anyone. Yeah, but, to, but to, if you want to get if you want to get into stand up, then the the brilliant thing about stand up. I mean, now there are courses, but they never were when I started out. But the but the brilliant thing about stand up is there is really only one way to find out if you're any good at it. There's really only one way to get better at it, and there's only one way to learn it, and that's doing it. Yeah. And that's the that's the really fantastic thing about it and you and so you find a club where they have an open spot and you you walk through the you know for some people that's a terrifying prospect for other people they think brilliant I, I, I'm gonna have a go at this yeah. you know it, not everyone I mean that's the other thing about stand-up is people say oh, I don't know how you could get up there well not all of us are frightened of it <laughs> you relish it an awful lot of comics really you know they're doing it because they really love it yeah. and they like the laughter and the attention and <laughs> the, 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 the bit about being scared about speaking in public is Kind of not relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there are times where you're nervous, but it's not because it's not because you're nervous about speaking in public. You know, mm. it's because it's because it's an unusual situation, or it's a pressure gig certain people are in, and all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, it's not because uh, it's not because oh no, I can't, I can't possibly. <laughs> do your team tell you though when certain people are in, or do they? Um, they say afterwards? we tend to we tend to just um, I mean that Adam who you met on the way in is I, we've been working together for ten years now. We keep it all very low key, and, yeah. and and he tends not to tell me if there's someone in, because it's just there's just no point knowing. Yeah. Um, uh, and sometimes the thing to do is discover someone rather than know they're there, because mm. if you discover them, the audience can tell it's actually happening. Whereas if you know they're there, it can look fixed. It can look because the audiences know everything. They're all like an X-ray on stage. Mm-hmm. Yes, visible for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But have there been times when you've done gigs? you know, looking right back where you've just thought you've come off stage and you thought, you know, actually that wasn't great and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go and be that history teacher. Oh, no, 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 no. There was one, there was one, there was one really hard death I died in sort of 97 when I just got the, I just got the pub landlord really motoring and I really, I was at Jonglers, which was a London chain of clubs yeah. and then spread to the rest of the country. I don't know. And it's I one think in Oxford. Well, there you go. Mm. And there was one in, there was one in, Dingwalls in Camden and it was the biggest gig in London so it was like 300 people so it was like playing a big room and it was a chance to play a big room rather than a little smelly room with 50 people in it so you know quite a good opportunity for performing for learning and I remember absolutely dying so hard there one night and I and I I don't know why um, I couldn't I, I couldn't didn't forget no, no, no! I didn't forget. Stuff came on, came on in completely, you know, as per, and and it didn't work, and uh, and I, and I came off thinking, right, that's we've got a real, we have a real problem here, because sometimes you die a death, and you know why, mm. and and you can sort of uh, figure it out. But if you don't know why, that's when the that's when you start to panic. So I had a sleepless night, and I rang in the morning, or about well, lunchtime, because stand up comedy industry at lunchtime, <laughs> I, I rang someone. At another club and said, "Look, I died really hard last night, and I absolutely have to get I have to get back on the horse today, yeah. or this is gonna this is gonna turn into a uh, disaster." Well, the thing that really bugs me that could really really throw me is yeah yeah come on down. So I uh, Pete Graham at the King's Head, so it saved me that day because I w- I went down on the Sunday night and and um, flew. 
you know, every, and it was the same stuff, delivered in the same way, and it all worked, worked fantastically. So you're sort of like, well, okay, that's a one-off, it's a fluke, uh, chalk it up to experience. Yeah, yeah. So you've just got to get, like you say, get back on the horse. You have to get back on the horse and yeah. keep doing it. I mean, I used to have this sort of quantity theory of dying on stage that is that you're going to, in your career, you're going to die like one in ten times. So what you do is you get, you get all the one in ten times out of the way at the start. Idea. So later on, you later on in your career, you're well into the ninety percent. Yes, it's a good mindset that is. Yeah, yeah, it used to work for me. Yeah, and if we look back at sort of pivotal moments, mm. we talked about being at school and university. Yeah. That was massive. Meeting Harry here. Yeah. You know, is there, is there anything else that? No, I would think I would I I would well. Meeting and working with Harry Hill, and the and the and then the day I invented the pub landlord, which was on a show with him. Mm. Um, in Edinburgh, and you just knew then that that was going to. Be- I came off stage having because because we 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 had a we had this show with the band at the end and and I was supposed to have done a comparing thing to link all the bits because there were lots of bits and pieces, and I and the thing I'd come up with was rubbish and hadn't worked, and we got to Edinburgh and I still hadn't sort of cracked the code, and Harry that and I said because we were in the Pleasance Bar at the Pleasance in the Cabaret Bar at the Pleasance in Edinburgh, and I said well why don't we say that the compare hasn't shown up and the barman is off to fill in and he said yeah whatever because the <laughs> whatever well well yeah because my previous idea had been so crap he probably thought well yeah whatever you know another 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 fine mess you're going to get me into and he worked i went on i wrote something i jotted some ideas down for how to introduce the show went on it worked and i came off thinking right okay better write some more and then about five shows into that run i, I knew i had an act we finished the run, we then went on a big tour, like a 100-day tour, and by the end of it, I had a whole thing worked out, just completely by accident. Oh, it's lovely to be by accident. Yeah, well, no, well, no, the accident, accident, accident saved me. Yeah. And how many years ago is that now? That's that was in 94, so, so 25 years ago. Wow, 25th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, because we made it, in 2014, we made a thing about it being 20 years, and we haven't <laughs> mentioned it this year. Maybe wait to 30. Maybe we, yeah, if we're still going. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and, and what's next? Obviously, the Fat Cops we talked about. Yes, there's Fat Cops. Yeah. There's some, I think we're going to do some more tour dates in the autumn. I mean, when I was writing the show in March, I wanted to know whether we were going to leave the EU at the end of the month or not. And and, and, and I was sat by the radio or watching the telly going, just make a decision. Yeah, because this is my show. Yeah, I don't care about the country. I've got a show to write and I really need, I really need the facts in front of me. Um, uh, so October is going to present a similar problem, if we, mm. whether we go or not on the 31st of October. But anyway. Um, yes. uh, well, we'll just, I'm sorry, I can't answer that. We'll just have to wait and see yeah. about that, won't we? So October yeah. touring, probably. With an answer. With, with an answer. Fat Cops, uh, August, um, uh, Edinburgh, Odds and Sods, a history podcast I'm doing, bits and pieces. Well, yeah, and I think also you should just ask your mum and dad whether what you're doing is well, right. Well, yeah, maybe it's the time to ask. Yeah. yeah. I think what they you think of me being a comedian? I think they would definitely say it's absolutely fine. <laughs> I'm sure, well, you hope so. <laughs> It'd be funny if they said, no, actually. Actually. We thought you'd be better suited to the law. Well, or we've seen a job with a local ad for a history yeah. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Al, thank you so much for talking My to pleasure. me. My pleasure. And good luck tonight. Thank you. Well, thanks so much to Al for taking the time to talk to me just before he went on stage uh, to entertain all the people in Oxfordshire and as he continues his tour all around the country. Thanks to Megan as well, uh, who produced the podcast brilliantly again. Having been WhatsApping and emailing each other the last couple of months while she's been travelling, we met up in person for the first time in ages this week. Was supposed to talk about the podcast, spent most of the time 
gossiping. Anyway, we will be back next week. Don't forget, if you can, to rate us on iTunes. You can subscribe as well. That would be excellent. We're on Podbean, Spotify and iTunes. I've said that before. I'll say it again. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>